tap it in. Welcome back, everyone, to the Big Players Only Podcast, a partner of the Listen Frederick Podcast Network. We are the best place to catch up on golf from around the world, including the golf of your favorite big players, Ben, Josh, Tyler, Tully, Colin, and Kenny Oneput. The big players are back with stories from the President's Cup and our trip to Charlotte, an exciting Sunday finish which saw new chapters written for veterans like Jordan Spieth and newcomers like Max Homa and Tom Kim. We'll discuss the best and the worst of the performances from last week and give a shout-out to our boy Colin, Mummert that is, who correctly predicted the final score. Legendary stuff. Stick around to hear our take on the best college football bar in Charlotte and stories from our first country club experience as a group. Tucked in polos and all. Make sure to head over to our Instagram and follow us at Big Players Only Pod and our presenting sponsor at Four Craft Cocktails. Thanks everyone for joining us, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Four Craft Cocktails, the best tasting and easiest drinking transfusion on the market. Whether you're on the course, at a tailgate, or enjoying a Friday night with your friends, you'll find the pre-mixed 7% Four Craft Transfusion just what you're looking for to mix things up. With a variety of other products, including a Bloody Mary, Ranch Water, and a coming this summer John Daly, it's the go-to beverage for the big players. A family-owned, all-natural, gluten-free drinking option that has the guys playing their best and feeling even better. You can find all their retail locations at 4craftcocktails.com. That's F-O-R-E, craftcocktails.com. And make sure to mention to your local beer shop and golf course that we need these things everywhere. All right, a wonderful weekend in Charlotte. I was really pleased with how competitive this thing was on Sunday. I think we were looking at more of a a, a runaway by the U.S. It started to really heat up, and although everyone might not admit it because it could prove that I was almost right, the international team at one point on Sunday looked like they really could pull it off. There was like a 15-minute stretch when we were getting transfusions and beers. We were at the uh, Michelob Ultra Tent. It felt real. I remember Sung Jay rolling in a putt, and I I look around, it's like, Guys, this is going to happen. It did get kind of st- quiet. Yeah, we started coming up with nicknames for what it was going to be if they choked it. So Yeah, the Charlotte choke. Yeah, That's what Ben said. You have a couple key matches here that really flipped just after that, and the one that I'm thinking of is Pendrith. Pendrith lose three, loses 3-1 to Tony Finau, but at one point in that front nine, Pendrith, Pendrith was like two up. He had Spieth start really slow, but he right. came back like crazy. He on five in a row on the back right. at one point. So it's just uh, a really great day. I want to hear you guys' this, uh, best and worst experience experiences from our Sunday at the President's Cup. Dude, I, I mean, just overall, I, it was, a, I think we can all agree it was a great time. I mean, we might have some, might have some nits to pick with like, you know, certain, you know, how to watch the golf or it was, you know, how much golf we actually saw, but being there, incredible, right? I mean, everyone agrees. So it was pretty awesome to be there. <laughs> yeah. The the vibes high. were high too, yeah, man. It was, it was yeah. yeah. It was a totally was different electric. experience. Yeah. Man. Yeah. We had like a series, I mean, we had like a series of kind of, uh, we had like the opening, just wanted to see everybody. And then we tried to find good vantage points and we tried to like, you know, get in some of the kind of, uh, more of the experience tents and stuff. So I don't know. How do you guys think we did on our how, on our like way we traveled around the course? Do you think we did it right? I think we did horrible. <laughs> I give us like a, give us like a five and a half out of ten. There yeah. was like a point where we were on the second tee box with not even that great of a vantage point, and we came back with like eight or ten beers. When you you brought back like eight beers, and yeah. we just sat there and drank those for like an hour, and we're like horrible. Oh my god, we're actually like at a not a great place in the course. So let's go somewhere else. It was pretty <laughs> yeah. funny. 
But every every time that would happen, we'd be like, oh, wait, shit, we need another beer. And we just go get back to the same line and go back to that same spot on number two. Well, we, we fell into the classic trap on one of, just, of being wanting to be up close and seeing the guys as they're, well, we got which to see we did. some approach we did. shots. I think yeah, that was worth it. Which was cool. Yeah. And then it's like, all right, we'll move somewhere else. Well, you know, Colin's about to come through. And yeah. then he comes through. Well, let's wait and see Max and Tom come through. And then by the end, it's like, all right, we'll just watch everybody come through this hole. And so then it's you know, <laughs> yeah, two, three it, hours into the round. It's tough when there's only, you know, 12 groupings yeah. out there. You know, there's not that much golf actually being played but you, you always got to see the best players in the world maybe with some exceptions which i'm sure we'll talk about later you know how people played but I mean, it, we have other like cooler moments but i think one of my best moments was just that first and second hole of seeing everybody because i've never seen people up close like that well to watch them walk green to tea so and, serious and chirping them and hearing all the people in the crowd and how loud it got for the u.s players when they won one walked to 2t and then <laughs> me you know i'm like hey kj joy and he's like hey and everyone's like shut the hell up <laughs> you're like vamos mito <laughs> yeah, and his parents i'm pretty sure his family was following me they're like yeah it's very good <laughs> yeah just seeing how stern jt was walking oh my god green is like yeah. that really showed the magnitude of everything yeah, I mean, I would say the players across the board were more serious than I. I think Dub was like, wow, man. I was like, I did not notice like, that before. People are yelling, screaming, saying all kinds of shit, and they're just like laser focused. You know, to them, they probably almost have blinders on and can't hear a thing. JT, like, sincerely looks like he spent too much time with his sports psychologist because his his gait is so slow when he's walking from yeah, one green to two T. It's, like, deliberately really slow. But it's like a control I, your breathing yeah, type thing. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I know it, it probably works, but Plotting. I'm just saying it looked freaking weird. Well, see, we was running or, <laughs> from the first to the second T. It's just, like, jogging and waving the people. You look kind of awkward. For you got to love, like, the jolliness of, like, the South Korean golfers. Like, I feel like they really, once they realized the crowd kind of got behind them when they were acting more fun, like, they'd really embrace that. And you got Tom Kim walking out on the first tee, like, with his sunglasses on on Sunday. Like, you got to love that from those guys. Wait, so can we do, before we get to best and worst moments, can we do, like, the overall, like, um, how we went on the course? Because, like, you know, this is a podcast. People want to hear that kind of stuff, right? I mean, like, how to go to a golf tournament, what we would have done differently, right? I mean, like, so post up on first tee, maybe we stayed too long, right? Well, we too like first thought green, we had a vantage point. <laughs> we're like, we're like, all right, guys, hold our post. They're going to move like, that rope out of the way. We'll see them walk right through. We Thirty got a minutes spot later, on the hill. thirty minutes later, we can't even see the whole the first yeah. hole at all. So we're trying to creep up. Right, we watch the first few groups come through. We watch them on two T. Then we kind of have this in between moment where we like say, all right, let's go back to some of the keyholes on the back nine, like fifteen when they're coming yeah. through. And that was like a half an hour, 45 minute venture to get across the course. And then we picked an okay spot on the other side of that, 18. That vantage point was really cool on 15 though. Right. <laughs> right. The old yeah, we got a lot of action over there. I mean, that's probably the hole that you want to see out there and balls in the water, people getting hit balls <laughs> yeah. in the sand, people shanking a drop. I still don't understand what happened on that one. Like a hundred yard Davis, shot. Yeah. 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 If you're going to a tournament, like you probably only can get in like four really good holes. Right. Right, but then we kind of meander to the other side of 18 to get drinks, go to the bathroom, and then end up on the 14th tee, that little par three. Yeah. That I think that, that ended up being my favorite spot because, right, you could see you could see him finishing up on 13, just maybe run 10 yards over. You could see the, that green, and then you could watch him tee off on the par three, and that pin was disgusting looking, right? It was like five feet from the water, and just past it was a slope that was going to take it into the water around it, right? So, I mean, a 200-yard par three, you really can't go wrong with par threes. I think in retrospect, yeah. par threes are just a really – or watching guys bang driver off a of par five tee, that's exciting, but the par threes really make you realize, like, how good these guys are. Yeah, I mean, I think arguably our biggest mistake – of the uh, trip was we maybe went a little too hard on the Saturday night, you know, out at cell winds and out, out to rain tree and then just getting hammered drunk playing God knows what games and all that kind of stuff. And no one goes <laughs> to bed till like three, 4 a.m. 
And then all of a sudden, what? oh, we were going to wake up and be there at 9 a.m. with the gates open, and we get there at 11 p.m. or 11 a.m. So <laughs> yeah. I think that was our uh, biggest issue because we had no van. Wow. There was a lot of like, who would have known? <sighs> that yeah. morning before what, we, we have a side counter, side counter going counter, on that yeah. morning. Yeah, but it was 75 degrees and cool out there. I mean, that was perfect conditions. Cloudy. Ben had right chicken right salad hanging off his sunglasses <laughs> for an hour before he noticed. Uh, like an hour, hour after we got there, I went, and guys. I'm not myself right now. And I looked down at my sunglasses and I got like a two inch chunk of chicken salad just hanging in them. I ate it. It was good. <laughs> so yeah, let's do some best moments. I've been just randomly talking about other stuff. Uh, who's got a best moment? My favorite moment was, I guess, towards the end for us when circling back to the beginning, whenever we got to the merch tent and we had the uh, bag check there. So we had to get back there before they closed that. So on the walk back from there, the U.S. has already kind of wrapped everything up. Yeah, that was cool. And we were looking... I guess it was 18 coming up, and you could just see minor victory celebrations from the guys riding the golf carts back. I think my favorite moment was when we saw Tony and Cam Young on the yeah. same cart, and they're kind of waving at us. They acknowledged our presence. Who was it? Was it Cam or Tony that had the hat off waving it? And yep, it Cam like, gave Cam us a little Cam hat. No, yeah, it, was, it, it was just a really cool experience to see just the celebration of them after the fact. Yeah, it was like slowly started. And, and like Tony's driving, his wife's the passenger seat, Cam and flying. He was flying. Yeah, Tony was going at least 45 miles Zero an hour governors on those cars. So <laughs> like they went over a little bump, and you could kind of see them all bounce up. And then you saw, and then Freddie, what did Freddie do? You, I think he like. Oh, so, someone saw Freddie. Did Freddie smack uh, like uh, Hideki's ass? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just jokingly. And Hideki's like, piss off, Freddie. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, it was really cool to see everyone gather at the end, I will say. And like, it was like a slow build of just like the celebration happening. But but it was like, uh, I don't know. Everyone seemed very cordial about it too. It wasn't like a in your face celebration either. Yeah. Wait, I mean, I, even afterwards, it seems like all the coverage and stuff came out. Like the international team and the US team were all. T- celebrating i guess yeah. for lack of better words together like here's videos of what is it like siwoo doing the gangnam style right. dance and all that kind of stuff <laughs> Jay. Jay. i don't remember which which guy it was sorry <laughs> but i think i like that aspect of the president's cup the Ryder cup gets incredibly intense and like mm-hmm. I, those guys don't party with each other very much like maybe at the end they'll get into little small groups and kind of like shoot the shit but i love that after this president's cup all these guys kind of go back to the same place and they're just partying together like it's just a little more friendly. Like I don't know. It's it's obviously like a heated battle. Maybe it's maybe it's only that way because the U.S. is so dominant, and maybe it's just not that competitive. But I just like that these guys can really turn it on in the course. Siwoo cannot give JT a, a two foot putt, and JT can say that's effing bullshit, right? And then Siwoo can start shushing the crowd, and JT fist bumps, and yet they're all back at the bar hanging out after. And Kevin Gisner's like Siwoo, like what did what did he say? He said KH Lee. You're the prettiest son of a bitch I ever met. And then he walks up to Siwoo and says, you're the ugliest son of a bitch I ever met. <laughs> like, they could say stuff like that and still have fun. I didn't mind Siwoo shushing the crowd because it didn't seem, like, malicious. It seemed, like, more, like, get, kind of goading him, like, more playful, like, yeah. kind of playing the villain. He didn't – it wasn't, like, rude or anything, I don't oh, think. Oh, no. Yeah. And that yeah. was my favorite part of it is that aspect, the shushing, the how intense they actually got about it, even if it wasn't, like, anger or anything like that. But you, know, you, you could see JT was seething after, you know, a little, like, he didn't get a putt given to him or – you know, he's shushing the crowd, all that kind of stuff. It really like got to him, and like kind of that mental game that they did play. Yeah, they're yeah. not really messing with the crowd as much. They're engaging them and all that. But I like that side. You all see all the excitement, the big fist bumps from everybody all the time. Whereas usually golf is so much more subdued. So I really like that. You know, because it is that team aspect here, where you know they're playing for their country or countries, and they just all get really into it. And especially yeah. like, on, I mean, we weren't there on Friday when 
Uh, I think Tom Kim started to get you know a lot of his momentum, and then Saturday as well for the international team where they were all really excited. And then obviously we saw it across the board. It's just the whole crowd's rooting for everybody and not rooting for some people. It's just a totally different vibe, especially in comparison to when we went to congressional. Like it's yeah. just a totally different oh, vibe. Than a normal well, that's the that's Every the team matters. environment. You love to see it getting yeah. chippy out there. I mean, certain guys are are just so robotic, regardless of whether they're way up or way down. They're not going to show any emotion. But then there's other guys, like you said, Siwoo and JT. I mean, that was probably the match of the day. The the stud of the American team, arguably best player in the world. And Siwoo knocks him off, and he kind of went toe-to-toe, punched him right back in the teeth, and ended up winning. You know, I was thinking about that. So you generally would just give a two-foot putt to a guy. The reason you would give it to him is because you don't want to give him any momentum or any reason to like really like bear down and like want to rip your throat out. But JT's already like that, right? You already know that JT's walking in, like, knowing he is the guy. He's going to beat your ass. So Siwoo doing that, and it just proves to show that it was it was a good move because JT's still talking about it. So we obviously yeah. got, like, a little bit of real estate in there. And I like I love that aspect of match play, right? Like, if, if you're playing four ball and me and Tully both have 10-foot par putts, or birdie putts, let's say, and I hit my par putt to two feet, gimme range, you say no, that's not good yet because you don't want Tully to have a mental free run at it, even though it technically is. Like I love seeing that the the, the chess match that is match. Oh yeah, I think um, you mentioned that a couple times with Hideki out there. Like you were basically saying, like, watch this, he's going to give him this, or he's not going to give him this. And I was like, I didn't even think about that at all until I was watching it in real time because you don't always see other shots on TV, you know. Like you know they're going to make it ninety nine point nine 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 percent. But, it's just but like, some of those putts look really hard though, from like three feet, four feet. You're like, I'll say this course looked, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so like the undulations on the green were absurd. Like we saw Sam Burns with like a five footer on the first hole for birdie and i think he missed it by a cup like and it's just because it's downhill and sliding and you mm-hmm. just can't be too aggressive because you know you need to make part of have the hole one thing i just thought of with the course that i it doesn't strike me to right now is like how pristine the fairways looked but i realized that there's just less guys out there hacking it up mm-hmm. right so it was pretty much like you didn't really see like any divots at yeah. all really on the fairway oh i know what it looked like when we went is like what it would look like like a wednesday morning before all the practice yeah. rounds right for yeah. a normal tournament kind of thing yeah what do you guys think of the course in general? Any takeaways from, uh, I mean, just anything surprise you guys out there? I mean, anything you thought was super cool? Well, I would say 15, played as 15, which is traditionally the 18th hole, looked just as hard as I imagined it. The the 500-yard par 4 that only gets more increasingly tight as you go down. Water on the left, bunker on the right. If you miss it right of the bunker on the right, you're pitching out to 100 and some yards and still have to contend with the creek that runs all the way down the left side of the green. We saw Sam Burns hit it in the trees, punch out to 120 yards, hits a wedge shot that kind of spins back into the rough, and he's kind of almost standing in the creek. He makes double and gives Hideki the hole after he just hit it in the water on the left and makes a great bogey up and down. Like but Most guys are flaring it off right and just hitting people in the crowd. And stuff. <laughs> I think we saw like two or three guys <laughs> get it. I was so mad we weren't over there. That was my one goal was to get struck <laughs> yeah. by a ball. That could have been you it, getting a signed yeah. golf ball from Jordan's yeah. feet. It would have made my life. <laughs> it's like that video of that guy got the guy that got hit with the first like live golf ball, like the first time, and he starts rolling down the side of the yeah. hill. Like, I can't imagine what Tully would have looked like if he got hit. Oh <laughs> I would have been God. running around crying in the middle Bloody of the Bloody murder. Been horrible. Well, the guy that did get hit was pretty funny because it like struck him. And then it took like three seconds, and then he kind of dropped to one knee. And it was like, okay, he was but. Like, he was like waiting there like all night. Shit, I better just play this up just in case. So they know, know I got hit. He's not going to give me a golf ball for it. Yeah, and he, Jordan Spieth gave him a golf ball, so that was great. I thought the, the was it 13 or 14? That was the par three. Yeah, 14. 14. 14. I thought that was super cool because like it, it was, um the pin was right to, by the water. And it was like probably 10 yards away from the water, and it's like, 
every single person we saw just stuck it. Like, yeah, no. we saw like 10 like, out of the 24 players probably come yeah. through there at least. And but like everyone hit the green. I didn't see a big no Billy Horschel was like 40 feet away, and that was like by far the worst shot. Everyone else was like inside 15 or 20 feet. Yeah, but it was a beautiful hole, and like the way they did the grandstands there was, I mean, I had some, I mean, the grandstands seemed a little exclusive to me there. It was like, it was like all ticketed and pretty, and like the, that was, that was one that of the was high the vantage spots. points. But they were all yeah. packed. I yeah, mean, I mean, it was so. I mean, look sick. I wish I had you know, you know might people roll into. It. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I we had a pretty nice spot on the hill watching yeah. fourteen. It's like the dogs were barking a little bit. We needed to take <laughs> a break. And Ken and I just posted up on the hill. I was like, yeah, this is pretty nice. What'd yeah. you say? You're like this Bermuda grass. <laughs> you're like, I could just sleep right on this. <laughs> I think that what made fourteen. I think so good is that you could see the end of 13 you could see them putting out the approaches coming in and you it's so easy to see the entire hole for the par three and then they also had the uh big screen broadcast there as yeah, well so that's to, that's what we missed out it. on like early on like yeah. we weren't watching golf because there was zero service there unless you have t-mobile apparently yeah. but <clears throat> that's weird we're trying to like figure out what's going on who's coming up next where the matches stand during the day and you couldn't really do that so finding a spot i think near a, a big screen was huge to just kind of have a better understanding of what the various shots there's, meant there's also that one spot in the middle of the course where like you could not see any golf at all it's like that little oasis area but there's like tvs <laughs> playing some people were just clearly posted up there laying on the grass <laughs> drinking beers like not watching any golf like you know, it's, it's hard to imagine you'd go to a golf tournament and want to watch it on tv but it probably is your best chance to see at least like if you did it for half an hour an hour in the middle of the day to really get a grasp on what's going on it's not a terrible idea i had meatball subs there too you make you make a good point about the stands and like how exclusive it felt we had already heard prior to going how busy it was for some of the earlier days it was absolutely packed and i'm like i'm not looking at it as a bad thing like i think that this is a pretty pivotal event when it comes to like the live versus pga argument like this was an event that we you know sports coverage was kind of saying it's going to be a runaway it's not going to be that fun to attend and i think that they said screw that we're going to sell as many tickets as possible i don't know what the headcount was but it felt like over a hundred thousand people were there it was it was nuts the first hole when the first few groups came through yeah it was probably 40 people deep around the whole entire hole yeah, when you had it was the Jordan and then JT's group coming through, oh, yeah. and it was like everybody was just following them. It well, was impossible it, it, to see anything. And the thing too, like the narrative going into Sunday, and even this whole tournament was this is going to be a runaway. No one's going to be invested in it. People were there. People showed up. Everybody was into it. It was electric in the air for a tournament that arguably wasn't that competitive and it wasn't even that close but it's just like you just needed the slightest little glimmer to 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 think that the international team can win and you're like oh my god like what we could have on our hands today is going to be talked about for 50 years of golf history and we had a moment but yeah the u.s really really finished strong yeah, the international saturday explosion we'll call it was absolutely huge because i mean they there was a very realistic chance that the u.s was going to close it out on saturday yeah, and they, it, yeah they ended exactly. up cutting the gap to four from six and it was just with 12 points on sunday it's anything could happen i think that i didn't really realize that it can happen that fast in these kind of events so the the international team goes into saturday down six points it looks like it's going to be an absolute runaway they split the morning matches and then win three out of four in the late matches and all of a sudden they're like they've cut the deficit deficit from six to four and it's like oh my god like we could have a chance and then they kind of get out to a fast start on sunday and you're like wow like for for you know for weeks all i heard is how good this u.s team is and they played fine but it was like in one session like literally one session that saturday afternoon session all of a sudden we got a ball game yeah, you start doing like the mental math. Like we were sitting there in fourteen, we're like, okay, if this point goes in, this will go this way, and like we were like, okay, it could happen here. So you're saying there's a chance? <laughs> well, we'll go get custom koozies instead. <laughs> Tully buns. Hey, Tully got the gold tee. I got the gold tee. I got a nice mug. I got some golf balls. You're That's just true. jealous. You, you didn't, didn't get right. anything. Yeah, you're right. You're we right. did buy like three ounce fourteen dollar transfusions too, Those and they were delicious. They were good, but they were literally a shot. <laughs> hey, while you guys were doing all that, we met our new best friend Marty Smith.
Smith over on the golf course. <laughs> well, he was on the phone. <laughs> saw Marty Smith walking by. We're like, who's that guy? He looks familiar. Well, we saw SVP at the KPMG Women's PGA, and then we see Marty Smith. So it's just like every tournament we go to, we always see at least one ESPN analyst. Yeah. We saw like Stricker and Freddie and like guys following around. We yeah, didn't yeah. see any, I don't think any celebrities. Not like too that. many celebrities. I think that we kind of, you notice, right? They go early and then they yeah. don't always come around for the final round because they go other places. But yeah, I mean, we got a shout out from KJ. That was just hilarious, right? It's like, I don't remember who, was he following Siwoo and JT, right? Yeah, he was, yeah, the, was the first match out. Yeah, yeah. following So they, do they have, they have that first hole, I think. What's our yeah. best reactions? I think Tully is saying... What did you say to Homa? You said, you're a handsome <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the best reaction might have been Billy. Tell me to shut the fuck up. Because Tully, like, turned it up to a thousand. It's like a human guy, yeah, Billy yeah, Billy. From 980. He was just relentless. Yeah. And like, Billy's finally, like, louder. acknowledged him, basically saying, would you shut the hell up? Like, you are so annoying. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I wasn't also extremely loud. Because Tully's like, Billy, Billy. And I'm like, Gator Trump, Gator Trump. And Billy's like, all right, guys, thanks. It was. It was not the like a hand wave. It was the all right, settle down. It was it was the you know, come on. Now. Well, we would cheer for the U.S. team, and then like everyone would be quiet. And then Ben would shoot, like be the only one cheer for the international yeah. team. I, like, was, I was very surprised at how I was quite literally the only person mentioning the international <laughs> player's name like ninety percent of the time, yeah. except for when Mito's family was there and they were saying stuff in Vamos, Spanish. <laughs> Any other uh, good or bad moments from Sunday? I, the merch tent was pretty impressive. Cold. I mean, all the all the good shit was probably sold out by Gone. the time we got no there. US but merch. that was like the size of a Walmart. Shells I mean, were still full. They just didn't huge. have the yeah the unique stuff. But I yeah. mean, they put up some serious infrastructure. Like Mall of America, tournament. unbelievable. Yeah. What would you say they cleared like twenty mil? We we got we were trying, <laughs> we were to, trying guess. to guess. <laughs> oh my god, at least easily. yeah, it's. Incredible. Hey, what was the cheapest thing you saw? Like fifty bucks. Down, blah, blah, blah. They got a hundred bucks from me. They got a lot more money from a lot of other people. I will say, the second we opened the door, it was like a blast of like fifty-five degree air. Like it was the coldest tent I've ever been in my life. It was like Bermuda. Literally had a guy. Everyone was like, it was pretty magical for like five seconds, and then you're like, okay, let's go find some stuff. Yeah, it was. It was chaos in there, yeah. even on like that Sunday. It was also so cool, people. but ironic that they had one half dedicated to male clothing and one half dedicated to female clothing. I think that the general demographics got to be like probably 80% men are attending this tournament. As we saw the, the bathroom, bathroom lines. Yeah. The first time ever that women's have had a shorter line. It was a, odd. I mean, that was going to be my worst experience was the bathroom lines. It's like we were doing a pretty good job of hydrating ourselves throughout the event. And then we would, we would be like, all right, I have to go now. And you get there and there's 60 people in line in front of you for <laughs> six toilets. And it, it was a struggle there at some points. Uh, I, I think my best experience was my breakfast ice cream, personally. Like, that was just... Yeah, when, in, when in Rome. <laughs> it was so good. I got coffee and two hot dogs. I had a hot dog, had. a beer, and a, two scoops of ice cream for breakfast. It the, was phenomenal. Yeah. I think I set my over-under for your ice cream consumption at like six after I, you had that I first had one. one. I it was, was only the one spot. I only you to keep one going back to the well and getting more. <laughs> at one point, I mentioned that I thought I saw pretzel stuffed ice cream or something like that. So I was like, all right, we gotta go. We gotta go. I have one other thing I want to point out, and it happened near the ice cream tent. That made me think of it is when you could look out and see those beautiful homes that were over there, and we were just looking at the one. I was like, "Well, what do you think that is? A five million dollar house?" Oh God, so and funny. there's this couple next to us. Yeah. I don't know how old they were, probably 22, 23. And the girl goes, "I don't know about that. It's at least seven to twelve million. <laughs> yeah. It's like if you're going to contradict us, just, you got to go more than two mil higher than us." <laughs> Dude, those those houses though they were like sick and no one was like on their patio it was like one guy in a lawn chair I'm like dude you should be having parties out there those houses were awesome dude. they gotta be able to at least forward some friends right <laughs> yeah <laughs> I got, I got five right here <laughs> 
All right, let's start talking about some of our best and worst performances. I'll start. I was really impressed with Siwoo Kim. I know Tom Kim's going to catch a little press here because, you know, a 20-year-old rookie in this event, we had a lot of rookies, but Tom Kim being the third youngest player to ever play, he really kind of just came on the scene a few months ago, so his performance was great. But I really, even though Siwoo Kim was a rookie in this event, he really came out as a clear leader after losing guys like Cam Smith, Mark Leishman, Joaquin Neiman. I think Siwoo really takes the cake here. He goes 3-1-0, a wonderful week. I was really happy with what was I saw from him. expected for him to be that like big of a deal? I didn't see that coming at all. Maybe I just I didn't know that about him. But. Well, he hasn't had much like success in the grand scheme of things since the players, right? He's won the players, and that's kind of his resume. That was, that was what, like think, six years ago or something like that? Yeah. Since we started our DraftKings thing this year where we just you know drafted players and did players from tiers, I've always noticed that Siwoo's like – He's either top 10 or misses the cut by five. And he's just this hot and cold polarizing player. So it seems like you might not hear about him enough, but I think he's got a lot of game. And, right, you put him in. That's why match play is so great, too, because if you're the guy you're playing is playing great and JT was playing great, you always have to play up to him if you want to contend. Do all the USA guys just, like, sneaky like him ever since Spieth did the Siwoo? I feel like they just all like him. I think Siwoo is just, like, very socially awkward, but, like, a really nice kid. And I think sometimes it can come off as, like, Especially when he plays, he kind of looks like a dick, but I think it's because he's, like, very socially awkward. And I think, yeah, once you get him, like, you know, get a few beers in him, get him off the course, I think he's a great kid. <laughs> well, even just watching him out there, I mean, he was almost on par with Tom Kim. I mean, you saw he made that birdie putt on 18 to kind of put the pressure on JT. And he's, you know, doing crazy fist pumps and running around the green. And, you know, you love to see that in these match play environments. And uh, I just want to give, like, a um, consolation prize to Trevor Trevor Immelman. I think that what he did this week was just one of the best captaincies I've ever seen. I mean, you certainly – they came in with a team that was world rank average, like – 50 to 80 places lower than the team they were going against. They put up a great show. I think Trevor not only kept the vibes high, he's just, he's a great player in his own, but man, he really, some of those young minds that he's sculpting in their match play career, like, I think he did a wonderful job. Yeah, I mean, the fact that it was even remotely, there was a a time that we were able to think they might pull this off, speaks so much to him, and you gotta feel bad for him. This event was supposed to happen, like, a year ago, so he's actually been Mm. dealing with his team for, like, three years at this point, since he's been named, was named the captain, and just having to watch some of, like, the star players, the big names that he was counting on to be there, just kind of leave and not be able to play. So it was a, the way he got that team to come together was, you know, pretty remarkable. And I had kind of been following the international Instagram page since when it was supposed to happen last year, because I just wanted to see, like, hey, what are they gonna post? You were international hat right now yes i am and they post pretty frequently and i'm like man trevor's really really invested in this thing like he's got these guys on a random saturday in between tournaments like in miami at a bar together and they're just vibing i'm like he's really committing to this and it really showed like this team although i think that's the major issue we talked about is like you put this international team together you got a few aussies a few south koreans a south african and someone from chile and like these guys don't have a ton to talk about. Hell, they might not even speak the same language. So you got to spend time and, and invest in getting these guys to be comfortable around each other. And I think Trevor did a great job. That's, I was going to say, I'm going to change my favorite player pick to a group. And I, I think the Asian contingency really is like, really brought like brought their A game. I mean, between, I know it's a lot of different countries. Yeah, between Siwoo, Tom Kim, Hideki, Sung Jae, and Cage Lee, right? I mean, not, not, maybe it's not as much Cage I think Lee, you even leave Matsuyama out of that. I think he played like shit. Yeah, but these younger but kids really the come. They, Korean. They, yeah. But I think it's, but I think it's worth maybe it was just like that was very a very clear trend to me like how much um how much they mattered and how much they're going to be able to grow the game and how kind of critical they are to this whole pj live debate and it just seemed like they were kind of um kind of like a, a very 
a very clear powerhouse compared to like the kind of quote unquote rest of the world. You know, we had like two Hispanic golfers and two Aussies and a Canadian and what, but it's like that, that felt like they had a little bit more kind of in common. And I don't know, maybe there's like an event down the road where it's USA versus the Asian countries or something like yeah, that, yeah. like in the next five Asian to 10 Pacific, years. Yeah. But um, like, I think Australian golf had already had a, had a seat at the table. Um, South African golf, they got plenty of major winners, Gary player. Right. But I think that Latin America and the Asian golf tour, like these are places where golf is growing like crazy. And you're right. When you talk about live versus PGA, all of a sudden we see Joaquin Neiman and Carlos Ortiz and Abe answer go. Right. And then now we're wondering like does yeah. Sebastian Munoz go. And it's like, that's a, that's a good point. So the Hispanic contingency was very fractured. It was very clear that there are a lot of guys were missing. And with like Sergio and Ram, obviously from Spain, but they were like, you know, that, that whole, that whole, that seems very rudderless, that group of people. And I know like I'm as an American, I'm, I'm lumping countries together and stuff like that. But um, that, yeah, that, that seemed like there was a presence missing from the Hispanic side. The and time. you think about how much the PGA tour really fumbled this, right? Because like, we're so close to central Latin America. Like how could they have not integrated this better? And they're about to, if another player goes like Sebastian Munoz or something like that, or even Mito Pereira, it's they're like, both, those are both rumored to go. I know. And, and now we've lost the complete, the entire yeah. central South American golf contingency. It's like, that's incredible. How did the PGA tour mess that up? Well, it's interesting though, because live is putting so much investment into Asia Yet the Korean golfers and, and Hideki representing Japan are the, the kind of core of the international group from the PGA Tour. So I think they had a lot of pride there. Like you said, they weren't fractured. Yeah. None of them went to live. It's It's been them all along. And so I think they kind of fed off each other this week. Just speaking, you know, again, with the whole the Asian contingency, I, was talking, I think we still have to go ahead and give young Tom Kim, YTK, some you know, some credit here. Like We're he making was, that famous YTK. YTK. Yeah. T-shirts was, going out soon. He was, BPO times YTK. Like, Sungjae was huge and, you know, obviously the momentum he's built, but I feel like YTK was really the first person to start getting really fired up during the matches. He's dropping his putter, strutting off the... That was Friday. Yeah, that was Friday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Making the other people the kid, pick the up the He's just getting really into it, and I think... I really do think that is what led to them having that ability to like flip it. He kind of, I feel like maybe in that locker room, he kind of started to speak up. Yeah, he might be 20 years old, but his play was backing it up. You know, we saw him win. He was getting a lot of hype as, you know, because he's that young guy, but I think he really kind of showed that he has all of that ability to go head to head with any of these golfers that were over on the American side. And by all accounts, like it doesn't seem like he's going to be going to live. There's no rumors really of that. And then I think he's actually like very fluent in uh, English as well. Oh, he speaks oh, great. He's like, very well spoken, which yeah. is a huge so marketability. I, well, exactly, plus it just makes him. a huge marketability. Speaking again to like how important these guys are going to be to the whole live PGA debate. I think he's going to be a huge, you know, focal point in that whole argument. Not yep. only did he play well. His game's really good. Like, he played a lot. He played aggressive, and I didn't see him hit a shot. Like, the only shot we saw him hit that he didn't like, well, I guess, was on 18, and he, and he managed to get a good bounce and hit it to six feet. Like, he can tell he's way beyond his years, and he's a very consistent golfer, along with being aggressive and very likable. Yeah, and here's a guy at the start of the year probably had absolutely no aspiration and right. no chance of making this team. And the vacuum that all these guys leaving created, here comes this rising silver star, li silver lining which is a big Liv. thing of like Liv yeah. saying, how are you going to create new stars and everything like that? Well, here's one. I am a star. He just yeah. became one right before our eyes because of, you know, other guys leaving. So 
you know, pretty interesting to and see. Max and Max Homa is another good example of that. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't, I mean, he was struggling on the tour for years. I mean, he's probably got, he's worked out his game now, but he's now a star. Like, and, you know, with people like DJ and Brooks and everybody loves it. I think I struggled with that. I thought when all these guys go to live, like, what's going to happen? I fell into that, you know, that camp. But it's true. It's it's amazing how these younger players are stepping up. Cam Young, Will Zalatoris, even though Cam didn't have a great President's Cup and Will was hurt. But these are players that not only people love and are very marketable, they're just incredible at golf, too. It's a deep roster the PGA Tour is working with. Yeah, and and you mentioned I'll I'll give my favorite golfer that to watch and best player of the week for me was Max Homa. He was a rookie. He's built this thing up so much in his head as far as I want to make the President's Cup. This is why I golf. This is you know he's so invested in every part of it, and he went out there and he absolutely delivered. You know, four and zero. He went toe to toe with Tom Kim, who was arguably the internationals team. And his wife was ace. eight months pregnant. Yeah, what were you saying? Walking along, yeah. walking down. She the, might be the real MVP. She was yeah. walking down the fairway with it. Yeah, because like he was putting it all in line. Man. And and he really struggled the front nine. I think he shot forty two on Sunday, and then shoots thirty two on the back. And he was just firing darts and well, we saw him putts. hit his three wood on sixteen. Yeah, and, and he walked out. Like, I haven't seen someone twirl a club that hard in, in a while. So. A guy who's really struggled with, I think they call it the imposter syndrome. He's always felt like he does, he's not good enough and he's never belonged. And he's, you know, come out on the, on the national stage this year and is going to be a superstar to watch going forward. Yeah, it was really great to see him. I think a lot of us were, you know, rooting for him going into the week because he was very outspoken about how much he wanted to be here. Like, I think I was reading something the other day where he was like, yeah, the parent, I don't know, didn't know they do this, but they do like fittings for anyone that is potentially going to be like the team. So basically anyone in like the top 30. So he had to go through the whole fitting process before the Ryder cup and just like look at himself and be like, I'm not going to get picked. And it, it just kind of like really stuck Shit. with him. And like, it was like, hey, that's kind of like rough. And then to see him actually finally get the, you know, called up to be on the team and have that success. It was just like, Made, it, made your heart feel nice and warm and fuzzy yeah. a little bit. Oh, and he won the Fortinet, chipping in, kind of lucky, right? But, like, Max, been play, he's been playing good golf, borderline great golf Fine over the heater. past six months. But for him to go 4-0-0 against some pretty amazing opponents, what a great week. I mean, he couldn't have played any better. I was really impressed. Like, certainly going in, I knew he was kind of hot. But for him to really keep control of his mental game and go 4-0, unbelievable stuff from him. Yeah, now, speaking of golfers that, you know, went undefeated, you got to talk about the ty- person Tyler was most excited to see, and I was most excited to <laughs> the see. The MVP. Jordan Spieth. Jordy. He, he's my MVP. Did I know, like, it was him and JT playing, you know, together for the first three days. And they obviously had a lot of success. Best friends. If you didn't JT hear. There's sure. a little ham and egg, and JT, uh, JT struggled on Thursday. Jordan saved that round. JT hit. 160 yard par three. Jordan had 50 yards left for his second shot and hit it to three inches. Like yeah. Jordan carried it. Yeah, and, and I will say, yeah, there was certainly times where JT had to pick up Jordan. I think we you know, we saw Jordan you know, two days in a row put it on I think on 15 over into the shit. Right. But and you know we'd have to pick it up. There's you know the back and forth. But he finally got that the monkey off his back and and won the Sunday singles. He hasn't, he hadn't won one at no, all. Oh and five in the Ryder Cup or President's uh-huh. Cup. So I think it was just a big thing, big momentum for him. And obviously, you know, five points is actually you know, pretty critical. Six, I think he was I think unbelievable. Was great, yeah. So I mean, it was just it was great to see him. Obviously, my favorite golfer, well documented on the pod here, but. I think, you know, he deserves that some credit, a little bit of a shout-out. And a good fight back for him. He was two down through two, right? It's hard to screw your head on tight. Even though he's playing Cam Davis, who certainly wasn't the best player on the national team, 
that kid's got game, right? You go down too early, you got to strap your boots on tight. No more mistakes from here on out. He wins three or four in a row in the back nine and wins four and four and three. Like a hell of a comeback from Jordan. Yeah. So Tully, as much as it pains me to say, I do agree with you. I do think Jordan was the uh, most valuable golfer for the American side, but so I won't touch on that anymore because I think he did a great job covering that. But we really haven't talked about our friends up north at all. The two Canadian golfers, <laughs> they they up. they were. I don't think we, pathetic yeah. for this. What did they go? Zero and eight. Zero and like eight. That? They're just too nice. I, I don't know. Turn completely the embarrassing. <laughs> so, so Tippy. I mean, not to foreshadow too much here about our round of golf on Saturday, but you know, we empathize with each other about not being able to make four footers. Well, Corey Connors is probably worse than we are at making putts, so. which is saying something. He. It was borderline embarrassing how poorly he putted this week for being the arguably second best player going into this Presidents Cup. Yep. Him isn't and Jay. Isn't yep. the next uh, President's or Ryder Cup? Or no, but President's Cup is in uh Yeah, in the Canada. next President's Cup will be in Canada. Right. They're in got another, <laughs> another group of Canadian guys golfers yeah. coming up. Yeah, Can you imagine if it's in Canada and they, don't, they have no Canadians? We need a Canadian Tom Kim coming. I think yeah. this is a testament to anyone that maybe wants to get better at match play. Like you feel like you might struggle at match play. Pendrith and Connors are the perfect examples of you have to have good short game and putt well to to play well in match play. Like some days you're just going to hit it amazing and you're going to just beat the player you're playing against. But the days you're not, your short game and putting are critical. And Pendrith is 116th in strokes gained putting on the tour. And Connors is 144th in strokes gained around yeah. the green. I mean, we saw Connors lay up on 15. And Dub was talking about how if Connors wins this hole with a par, like it could, it could really flip the thing. Connors hits a chip. He's like 30 or 40 yards away, but he hit it to like 15 feet. Like a, just an atrocious chip from a perfect lie in the fairway. It's just those are the things you really got to do well to win match play. Yeah, and, and his match with Xander, Xander really struggled and was trying to just give it away all day long, and Connors just kept outdoing him with how bad he was playing. But, yeah, this the match play format, there's nowhere to hide. If you can't putt, if you have a huge liability – it's just going to be accentuated so much because you're you're going to have to rely on other parts so much more, and that's going to creep into your head. Like I got to put this to a foot because I can't make anything right now, and you know you're just going to keep playing worse. I think Adam Scott had a less than a two footer on Thursday or Friday, and they made him put it. I would always make him putt. Like Adam Scott's classically been known to just miss short putts like crazy. You got to make him putt it, and I think those are the parts of your game that they're just going to exploit, right? Because you're always going to have another putt, most likely, right? So it's like, unless you're just trying to cozy it up to three inches and you're never going to make your long putts, you really have to rely on that putter. We haven't talked about Adam Scott at all. I mean, he, you know, was he was a pretty good veteran leader out there. I mean, not a really nothing much to write home about, but uh, that's kind of probably his last hurrah on the on the kind of major. In international stage, right? You think he's going to be leading any more squads in the future? I think you'll probably see him be a, an actual yeah, captain at captain. some yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before too. Either that or driving a UPS truck with some of his outfits. <laughs> All beige on beige. He, hey, in his defense, in the beige on beige, he played phenomenal. Yeah, he that was the one sure. time he got, he got wear his favorite and colors. Yeah, he's like the perfect captain. You're right. Like 10 years from now, it'll be like just yeah. the consummate professional. Yeah. Adam you're gonna, Scott. You're going to see yeah. him there. And he's a handsome man. Like I, like I told him yeah, as he walked by. Captain's got to be looking good. You know, he's, he's a good looking guy. Yeah. But I think just kind of on the same range of. Oh, you you, did, you did say that. What did yeah. you say to him? I said he's as handsome as they say. Yeah. yeah. I think he looked back a lot of guys handsome I think he looked back. Uh, Tully, Tully did say all he did. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Tully. You did some hook him stuff for the Texas guys. We did it all. We did it all. We were trying to get attention. We started that and then everyone started doing it. I was like, come on, guys. We're trying to reference our colleges. Everyone started doing it. But anyways, <laughs> speaking of kind of disappointments you know, in terms of how they performed, we got to talk about, you know, big, you know, one of the pod favorites here in Scotty. Like the year of Scotty. And, and Odd to see him play so poorly, man. Body so language is off. Body language is off the whole time. He was slumping around. Yeah, you know? it was just, you know, 
I think he had probably had a lot of expectations after a stellar first outing for the U.S. in with the Ryder Cup, where he beat John Rahm in singles and you know had you know two and a half points versus he got half a point this week playing in four out of the five uh, Same matches or things. Yeah, so it was just kind of like it was really shocking to see and kind of disappointing. I don't know what you guys are thinking about that. Yeah, and and he was the anchor of the team, meaning he dragged Sam Burns down Seriously, way yeah. under Sam Burns arguably <laughs> the, epitome, <laughs> the epitome of an anchor. Burns arguably played better than anybody he this week. The lights out yeah. He he I think his own score when they were playing four ball was like ten under one day and they lost just because Scotty just gave him nothing. I think it's like a strategy thing too. Maybe like you know, because like uh, the you know Jordan and JT going out first. Like, what if you do put Scotty out first and give him confidence? I mean, I know maybe the first the, the, on Sunday they wouldn't have done that, but it did seem like Scotty got tucked in the middle, and maybe like he he or he would have earned that first place kind of best golfer in the world spot. You know? Yeah, you never know. You put a guy like Scotty with Sam Burns, and you know Sam's kind of the he's the guy you send out to try and hit bombs, make birdies, and Scotty kind of has to fulfill this role of like steady pars maybe mix in a birdie and that might not be scotty's game like scotty likes to play a little more aggressive so maybe it's just a pairing thing yeah i mean frankly that's a great point i think the u.s in general has a lot of those bomb go out get birdies kind of guys there's not a lot of like dink and dunk you know even though kisner played like crap you know he described his game you know his role they just try to you know work it down the fairway play it relatively conservative keep you in the holes i feel like most of the u.s team is we're gonna go out and get birdies kind of guys which you know does you know, create an issue and probably kind of what we see a lot in the Ryder Cup stuff. And Scotty with a cold shank on Saturday, <laughs> oh, I think it yeah. was. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you see it from time yeah. to time. And we talked about how I'm surprised at least we don't see it more because of how close these guys actually do hit it to the hosel because they hit it so pure. But Scotty quite literally shanks it on a par three. And then Sam Burns still gets it to 10 feet from under a tree for par. And Scotty missed it, right? Like, he just didn't play very well. Yeah. And Sam really held him. I have to give him a little bit of credit, though. Because he left his putter at home. It didn't show up with him at all this week. But he was out <laughs> until the wee hours of the night on Saturday. He was out there in grinding. They had headlights out. He was working with Stricker on the putting green. Davis Love was out there. I mean, I think they were saying he was there till 11, like practicing, because he just, his putter was just ice cold. So he was still, yeah. you know, grinding on the Saturday night of the President's Cup. We were also at the course till 11, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> grinding as well. All right, that'll wrap it up for the President's Cup. We'll be back in a second to talk about our other festivities in Charlotte this weekend. So other than the President's Cup, we also got into a lot this weekend. I'll start with our round at a really nice country club in Charlotte. We are traditionally not country club guys. You could tell when we rolled up. We definitely didn't have our shirts tucked in. We were told to yeah, tuck them in. Got scolded. That was pretty interesting. Um, Hats forward, boys. But all in all, I mean, a wonderful course, an interesting course. Not a course you can hit driver everywhere. Lots of short tee shots, you know, 200 to 220 yards. Um over water into greens. The greens weren't in the best of shape. I think they had a tournament that day. But other than that, I think the course was a lot of fun. What would yeah. you guys think? We saw the Curry brother, maybe. Yeah, Seth, <laughs> absolutely. It was 100% lot. him. Yeah, we, yeah. we pull into the parking lot, and like three cars down, here comes Seth Curry getting out <laughs> yeah. of the car. And we're like, <laughs> that's, the, that's oh, all you need to know. We were a little starstruck. Yeah. Immediately, yeah. I was like, yeah, I don't We're so here. out of place here. 
I, I was my first. I guess it was my first time golfing at a country club. Was it? Have I golfed at a country club before? Probably. You know? I mean, I think I've only really played like not all, like a private country club. If that's what you mean. Yeah. Maybe. It was a. Uh, I mean, it was uh, it was a little nerve wracking at first, just because like the whole, like literally like telling us to tuck our shirts in. I was like, oh wow, okay, this is interesting. <laughs> We're here. <laughs> yeah. And like Ben had to buy a belt and like <laughs> forgot your. Belt. I mean, I just think that we were there like 20, 30 minutes before our tea time, and I just haven't seen like. Six men walk around more awkwardly than that. Yeah. Like we were like, all right, let's <laughs> hit some putts. So we putted there. for two minutes. Now what do we do? It's like, <laughs> where do we get drinks? So we went to like three different bars to get drinks, and everyone came back with something different. Well, it, it didn't funny. help that our buddy that was a member just didn't wasn't <laughs> didn't play there. with us. In the front <laughs> he nine, came yeah. two and a half hours later. Then I mean, shout out to Jamie. Thanks for getting us on. Yeah, it was like it was just like we were just walking around with our hands in our pockets, like. I guess we'll just start golfing. And then we got off without any anyone else paired with us, so that was sick. And, like, a single behind us that just didn't really want to push us. He was like, I'm just here for a casual afternoon yeah. nine. So, like, we had a lot of fun. It was just you guys were in front of us. We were pretty tight on the front nine. We waited for Jamie to turn. I'm pretty sure you guys finished, like, almost at least an hour ahead of us because Jamie took a little while. We got black. drinks, and then we were kind of warming up Wait, on the first couple holes in the back. I have a question. Did we, like, miss – did I miss Daylight Savings Time? Like, did it happen? No, isn't no. that in like November? Yeah, it's like a month. Oh, and okay. Half. Who the hell brought it up? It then? seems so <laughs> much darker right now, doesn't it? Oh, well, I mean, that's the whole point of the whole. I felt like when we went, we were staying at that golf, like late. Are you a golf, farmer? I think it was like I, I'm pretty sure daylight saving times happened while we were on 17. <laughs> <laughs> we went. Yeah, I don't we're disagree with that. We were on there drinking beers, and we're like, it's so dark. Well, How are they? Where are they even, on the course? Even black, before that, like 17th green, we had a chipping contest for 10 minutes, and then 18. We, we did another one. A hundred balls each trying to chip one in. And then we're like, succeed. all right, we'll just go drink. And then I realized I forgot my towel. So we drove back three holes to find it. Still didn't see us. They're nowhere in sight. We're just like, oh, well. Yeah, we had a 45-minute turn. Do you guys know those tunnels we went through, how tight they were? Oh, my goodness. Ken hit the first one. Like, <laughs> <laughs> his card started dragging. I was like, Ken, I knew this was going to happen. I, like, I like touched I all injured. my body parts. Things. I'm like, I know he's going to hit the side. He couldn't see it. His ankle hurt. I was <laughs> injured out there. I was hobbling around, bro. He had his transition lenses on. I still got on. two birdies, man. Get out of here. Ken had two birdies on the front. And he ran like a 40-footer on the ninth hole in front of a uh, small crowd, but yeah. they still clapped. Yeah, the back wasn't as good. <laughs> I mean, it was a fun time. I mean, I, I thought that ninth hole was really the uh, over-the-water part three was really, really well, nice. Well, because we were parked there before the round, and we're like, this is really close to the clubhouse. Like Ten yards like, from the like, clubhouse. what are we going to do if someone breaks a window? And then when we got <laughs> up was on close. Well, when we got up on the tee, like, it's there, but it didn't seem as in play. I mean, if you hit a bad try, you can certainly get over there. And then me, Colin, Ken all hit the green. We kind of swagger up. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we just all hit the green. Ken well, drains it. Yeah, yeah, I had a very different experience, I think, from everybody else. I think this was my worst golf I've played all year. I, yeah. It may Tied have been, me, though. So I may have been worried about, like, the bed bugs and stuff back at the place we rented, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but, you know, I just it was not in the right headspace at all. And it, it it showed on the course. I think I hit every one of the rain trees that they had. And yeah, was, the, ra the rain tree cool. counter hit double rain, digits. Yeah, what's that? Is that a real tree? Is a rain tree a real tree? If it's not, I don't know what it is. But it was tight. I mean, the Agriculturally speaking, yes. But, <laughs> but no, it was funny. Like the fourth hole, Tully had hit his about 15th tree for the round. <laughs> and we're like, and then he hits an approach shot, hits the green. And Tyler and I are like, yeah, like good shot there. Like you're getting it back on track. And he's like, would you all just leave me alone? Stop trying to cheer <laughs> Let me, me suffer. Like, we're just I just trying to bring the vibes miserable. back up a little bit. And he was in the car yeah, by himself, not just kicking it. himself. I'm like, hey, tell a great shot. It's like, just shut up. <laughs> it was a but rough time. We were, we were out of place in a country club. We were our music real soft. I was like, Ben, turn it up. He's like, let's keep it a little softer now. <laughs> and like the cart, the cart girls were like taking pictures of my card because they were like, they didn't they, have, yeah, they, they didn't, didn't know. Yeah. You know like, just What's your member number? Can we give cash? No, we need a card. They took a picture of our card. I think Tyler got his identity stolen again, probably. We had 
five minute identity theft discussion. I think she was going to come back, but she never did. So let's go back to the cockroach thing. So we walk into our Airbnb, of hey, which I coordinated. Nice. I thought it was pretty nice. I don't want to go down on this hill. I will say it was an average place. There weren't too many places to pick from. We booked this back in February because this was such a popular event. Yeah. We it's walked like a lady's in. house. Place was fine. And we thought it was a guy. We're sitting there. We're flipping around <laughs> on the TV. We can't find like a damn channel we want to watch. And all of a sudden, Tyler just screams. And I'm like, oh my God. I don't what? think. Oh, I it was screamed. like a shriek, too. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? And he's like, a cockroach is right between my legs. And I was like, um, okay. And he like won't sit still. He's like, I got to find it. So we like, we toss the couches, right? And he finds it. And this thing looks at Tyler before he hits it with a wedge, like, please, I have kids. <laughs> and Tyler pulls out his 52 and just it's puts the it. first time I used my 52. Wait, I hit the wedge. wedge shot. <laughs> he's hit all year right into the wall for the other little guy. Oh, and I didn't know that part. That's hilarious. Yeah, but it was, uh, I think Tyler and I weren't able to settle for about, you know, three yeah, hours. I was a little uncomfortable. Yeah, it, it took quite a few Miller lights before yeah, we were yeah. kind of level. We got Tully's there an hour late, and the boys were on edge talking about the cockroach story still. So luckily we didn't see any more Boy, from there. There's one, there's more. They're, they're this is what happens when Ken's like, let's one. embrace our trap house. <laughs> I love that comment. <laughs> well, to be fair, it's what happens when I don't book the house. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. I mean, I, mean, I think we're used to booking with like 12 people. We had, we had six. I thought it was great, actually. Plenty of space. You know, it's all you could ask you for. You had your own room? Yeah, you don't I hear Dub complaining. I slept, slept in a sewing, bed by himself. I slept in a sewing closet on like a on like a, a twin bed that was tilted up against the wall that some kid probably peed on or something. Yeah. Like so that. to clarify, and uh, you the situation Are you just some was, kid? but I, you know what? Job I made I, I carved out my own space. You though. had the third best. I carved out my own space. <laughs> so I, I was innovative. If we're Let, power let's just talk about these sleep spots. Dub I, somehow, despite not booking the house or anything. Takes the uh, king bed with his private bathroom. There the, was the one elder spot of the left. Whatever. He, yeah, you let him take it. I have a blood clot. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Circulation. Drink another Miller. You'll be fine. To be fair, you let him take it. Tippy wisely goes in and says, I'm going to take this queen over well, here. Well, Tyler's been doing that his whole life. He, yeah. It, I mean, he prioritizes the good sleeping situations, and he, he gets it, it every time. It was know? such a strategic move on my part. It's like, I'll take the queen because it's still good, but it's yeah, like, I'm not taking the it's best. It's like second best. This could be a whole podcast. How to claim a bed at a trap house. But for whatever reason, reason ben when the king was still open ben comes up yeah i'll take the other twin bed in this room and it's me ben and colin and three yeah. twin beds colin classic trundle colin's got the trundle there is nowhere to walk we're like all right well this well, is just kind of what we're doing I it's guess. because ben's favorite thing to do is to wake up at 7 a.m and scroll through his phone and go <laughs> <laughs> you guys see this oh we're sleeping colin's like shut up ben well no one can sleep when ben's in the room yeah i think honest. tully tries to blame the cockroach it's definitely my snoring that kept him up i mean we all know i like my pri- uh, my sleep so I had to find a little corner to just curl up in a ball and sleep till at least nine. You know, Ken literally went into a closet just to clarify. Found a mattress that was in there and just laid yeah. down. But it was a room. Myself. It wasn't a closet. Okay? Yeah, but you that know, was no one else. Nice. It literally said yeah. storage space. But no one, you know what? No one had the foresight to kind of see that as a bedroom. You know, that you guys just took what you had, and I took made my own space. I took the queen bed. <laughs> I had the foresight. I said you didn't yeah. have an inquisitive mind. <laughs> So other than that, so we uh, before golf on Saturday, uh, we asked Jamie, our buddy that hosted us, where's the best spot to go? We want to watch some college Zones. football. We had Michigan-Maryland. We had Clemson-Wake. Some really good games. We go to this place called Selwyn's in South Charlotte. We couldn't have picked a better place. First of all, we walk in. It's packed. It only opened 30 minutes ago. 
Drinks were great. We ended up back there Sunday night to watch Sunday night football. Food was great. What a vibe. Yeah. Transfusions were their main uh, drink. They had four different varieties. A little too much ice, but hey, I, you know, it's cool. You know, it's fine. The amount of times on Saturday where I just looked around and said, man, I wish I went to the school in the South. <laughs> <laughs> and it was not for the football or the drinks. I can and, tell you that much. And Maryland almost beat Michigan, you know? Yeah, it was a great game. I, I mean, the, this place was literally like my Disney World. As, you know, someone, yeah. It was an Irish pub with a beautiful outdoor space mixed with a sports bar. And yeah. it, it was just heaven. And yeah, the common theme. Should have had more bad bathrooms that's Should. the theme of the weekend one bathroom for all 200 people maybe we're just getting there. old we need to pee too much now <laughs> we're just too much dub's got a blood clot <laughs> probably, a, probably a large prostate at this point who knows but yeah it was uh i mean it was cool to like see a little bit of charlotte i mean someone's i mean i would like to see in downtown charlotte but maybe next time you know south end yep, maybe short trip cool. but there was a there was a panther saints game too so it was gonna be crazy down there i'm sure it was all yeah. right that does it for us here make sure you head on over to instagram follow us at big players only pod and our sponsor at four craft cocktails we'll see you next time